Kane, King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am your host, Chris McPherson, and again, another guest joining us this evening. Uh, tonight's guest has uh, started his rugby league career on the Central Coast. He's made his way around the world quite literally with rugby league, playing all the way over in the US as well, as well as some time in the Newcastle Knights lower grades. He spent time with Wyong in the Newcastle Rugby League, as well as then heading back to his junior club at Terrigal and eventually leading them to a grand final in 2017 and a, a win against the odds. Uh, his name is none other than Matt Sharp. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, Chris, mate. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, no worries at all, mate. I, I alluded to it a little bit there. Obviously, a Terrigal junior, mate. Do you want to give us a quick you know, two-minute rundown on, on your playing career and, and the path that you took from Terrigal back to Terrigal, I guess, via New York? Yeah, mate. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, mate, I'm a, I'm a terrible junior. Um, obviously grew up down here on the Central Coast, you know. Um, you know, footy, footy was a big part of my life as a kid, but not only rugby league, you know, I love to surf and, and do everything else that, you know, most kids down here do. And it probably wasn't until I sort of got into the seniors, which was down here at the time was under-17s, where, you know, I started to take my footy a little bit more seriously. Um Actually, that year I ended up playing a lot of first grades for um, for Terrigal as a 16-year-old. I think I may be the youngest or one of the youngest guys to, to actually debut it at the club. But, um, mate, from there, I think just because I was playing first grade at such a young, young age, I ended up finishing that year in um, 2005 playing SG Ball. Or, sorry, um, ended up getting picked up to play SG Ball for, for the following year in 2005. And then uh, from there, moved up to the to the Knights where I played um, three seasons, a couple of years of 20s um, and then a year of New South Wales Cup. Um, mate, very, very fortunate to play with some super talented guys uh, like Scotty Juro, Luke Walsh, uh, Kate Snowden, Corey Patterson, Akuyuati, like these sort of guys obviously went on to have huge careers in, in the NRL and also the Super League. Mate, ended up after the Knights stint, ended up at Wyong um, uh for four seasons. Uh, we won a competition there in 2009. Uh, obviously, really, really enjoyed my time there. Some of my uh, best memories are, are playing at Wong with that group of guys. Um, and then from Wong, come back and played at my junior club at Terrigal. Uh, mate, we got, you know, mates that I grew up with my whole life. Um, a lot of us sort of banded together and, and went back and, and played at our junior club, which was, you know, really, really enjoyable. And then, um, mate, in 2016, as you mentioned, um, my brother and I ended up heading over to New York. We got an opportunity to go and play in New York uh, in the US ARL, I think it's called, uh, which was just an opportunity uh, that was too good to, to turn down. And, um, mate, thoroughly enjoyed that that time. And, um, yeah, so we're over there for a season. And then our last year, uh, come back to Terrigal, and in 2017, and yeah, ended up actually uh, winning the competition down here. And like you mentioned, uh, well and truly against the odds. Yeah, no, uh, as you say, uh, against the odds, it is a, you know, anyone that knows the Coast competition, we talked a little bit about it off air. There's certainly some clubs that probably got a little bit more financial backing and uh, tend to be the consistent performers and have the stronger records over the last couple of decades in, in the clubs of the entrance, Woi Woi, Wyong uh, and Erina. Uh, obviously, Woi Woi in an interesting pr- uh, position there with their leagues club now having shut down, but 
that's probably another point for another day. Mate, uh, you've also been pretty fortunate, I guess, or you can tell me if it's fortunate or not. You've spent a lot of your career playing alongside your brother. Uh, that's an opportunity that not too many people get, and uh, you guys have spent a lot of, lot of your footballing time together. Yeah, mate, we have actually. And, um, you know, it's something that probably... Um, we, were, we were very aware of how lucky we were from a young age, and Chad and I are very, very close anyway. Um, so, mate, it was, it, it was awesome. It's so good to have shared those memories and those moments with him. Um, obviously, the, the, the competition in 2009 was huge, but we are both so young then, so we probably didn't understand the magnitude of it. Uh, the opportunity where we both uh, played in New York together, where we were literally living on top of each other um, for a full season, spending every moment with each other, um, you know, was unreal and an experience that we definitely will never forget. And and then the big one, mate, winning that competition in 2017 um, at our junior club with some of our best mates uh, was phenomenal, to be honest. So, um, mate, yeah, some really, really good memories, both on the field and off, to be honest. Yeah, it's certainly been, been a good journey, mate. And um, from our little chat before, it sounds like you've hung up the boots and taken up the clipboard now, mate. Uh, give us a bit of info, I guess, on, on what it is you're doing now, working with the talented Central Coast Juniors. Yeah, mate. So um, I'm involved with the with the Sydney Roosters. So they have a development program up here um, for the Central Coast, which is basically the Central Coast Roosters, or it's called the Central Coast Roosters. So I'm involved in their elite junior program. And basically, um, you know, the aim of that is to try and keep the best juniors here on the Central Coast playing on the Central Coast. Uh, we think it's really, really important. And for years, there hasn't been a direct pathway to the NRL. You know, some teams have sort of, NRL teams have sort of sponsored it and they've sort of done it half ass. You know, I know Melbourne did it for a little bit. Cronulla Sharks even did it for a little bit. Um, the Knights sort of did it for a bit, but no one actually were all, no one was ever all in. Um, the Roosters uh, are all in. They They can see that there's some huge opportunity here for, you know, for the juniors and, and obviously the nursery that we have and made us thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. I, I absolutely love coaching. I love working with, with the kids, especially that age group, the 16s and 18s. Uh, I think it's a great time. The kids are just so passionate about the game and they love to learn and, and you really see their skill sets really um, improve in such a short period of time. Yeah, it's certainly a key area and, and look, we've had a bit of a run in the last couple of weeks of guys from the Central Coast and you, I know you know at least one of them in Chris Hyde and we also had Scott Fitzpatrick on who's probably a year or two younger than you but went through Wyong as well for quite a period and they both talked about and very passionately so that junior base and, and having a pathway and we'll get to that in the questions a little bit later on on what that might look like but it's great to see the passion that's there um, for Central Coast juniors in regards to that region it is a rugby league heartland mate so um, obviously, we touched on your brother, Chad. Uh, he is still involved at the local level. And you want to give us a bit of a rundown? Originally, he was going to join us tonight, but um, he tells me that you usurped him because you wanted to uh, jump on instead of him, mate. I'll let you uh, respond to that. But uh, also fill us in on, on what Chad's up to football-wise. <laughs> oh, I don't know where he comes up with these porkies. Um, <laughs> mate, um, yeah, Chad's, um, Chad's coaching the under-19s um, at Terrigal, so hopefully their season gets back up underway. Um, I, I'm not sure about the actual dates or, or where the, the Central Coast League's at with that, but I think it's it's the end of July, maybe. I think they're hopeful. So, mate, hopefully for his sake, because I know he's pretty passionate about giving back a little bit to Terrigal and, and being involved in the game again. So hopefully for, for the club's sake and probably a, a lot of the clubs that, that they can manage to to get some sort of a season back underway um, in the next coming months. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting and, and, and pretty pretty broad-ranging answer to that question. I think I think the intention is mid to late July, as you say, for most of the New South Wales competitions that Central Coast, like Newcastle, now falls under. 
Uh, so hopefully we can see some sort of competition, even if it is a shortened one. And we've obviously seen in recent weeks, Wyong's uh, withdrawn from that competition if it is to go ahead. So I guess we watch this space and hopefully Terrigal can uh, go well and, and we'll see how, I guess, Chad goes with the clipboard, mate. Uh, have you got any advice for those uh, troops that are going to be answering to him this year on, on how to get the best out of Chad? Uh, nah, probably just... Um <laughs> Do your best to try and understand him. I think that's probably the best. Try and understand <laughs> no, <him. laughs> no, I think no, I think he's going to do a good job, mate. Um, obviously, he's, he's done enough in the game to to be respected and, and to have a have an opinion. And I know a lot of guys there, especially those younger guys, really look up to him. So I know he's going to do a good job there, mate. Looking forward to seeing how he goes. Yeah, it'll certainly be good to see. As you say, he has got plenty of runs on the board in terms of. Uh, his time at Terrigal and elsewhere. So uh, there'll be plenty for those young guys to learn from his tutelage. Uh, we might jump into our next segment, mate, which is our isolation segment. And um, I guess we'll, we'll start off with work for you, mate. Uh, my understanding is you've recently started a new business. Uh, how's that going? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and um, how that's operating in the, in the current COVID landscape. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Um, so I work as a buyer's agent. So I help people purchase property. So, mate, I basically... Mate, uh, you know, away from footy and, and everything else, I'm, I'm very passionate about um, about property and in, and, in, and the investment space, and sort of have built a, a reasonable property portfolio. And mate, as the years went on, I just noticed that you know, so many people were really struggling with that purchase process, and potentially, you know, a lot of people at the end of the day, like let's face it, were being taken advantage of or having really bad experiences with sales agents. So I just identified that there was an opportunity there to just to help people and guide people through that, that process. Um, and mate, so I kicked off the business uh, last year and mate, it's been, um, it's been really, really good. I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's been super challenging and you know, there's been some long, long days and long nights, but mate, in terms of COVID um, and the impact, surprisingly, there hasn't been too much of an impact that I can directly see on my business. No doubt, you know, a lot of people are about out there doing it tough and I'm not trying to downplay that at all, but um, mate, there are still people actively looking to buy a property, looking to invest, and, and I think that's a really good sign in general for you know for the housing market. You know, obviously most people have a stake in it, so I think that's reassuring for us all. It certainly is, mate. And, and I guess in terms of that buyer's agent uh, business, are you sort of focusing on that Terrigal area? Where's, where's your where's your core area, and how do people get in touch with you if they if they're looking to buy in that area? Um, mate, I, I, for the owner occupier stuff, I, I focus only on the central coast. Um, I know this area exceptionally well. Um, so sometimes it's a matter of me connecting people that are looking to relocate into this area and I just sort of help them, you know, just with the dynamics of the, of the local area. Um, also, you know, some of the lifestyle stuff that they may or may not enjoy. Um, and then the investment stuff, mate, I, I'm a, I invest on a national scale, so I uh, basically, I'm a borderless investor. I look for the best properties um, available for my clients. So I've no vested interest for any third party. So I don't work with any developers or any sales agents or anything like that. I'm completely independent and uh, work always work in the best interest of my um, of my client. Which unfortunately, made in the industry that that I'm in, um, not everyone can say. So, um, mate, I'm here to uh, to try and uh, make sure that my clients get the best outcomes for them. Yeah, I've certainly seen that space. I used to work in a little bit of real estate myself probably a decade or so ago and there's some interesting buyers agents out there. If anyone is looking into those spaces, mate, give yourself a quick free plug. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, mate, um, you can, I guess you can Google Sharp Property Buyers or, uh, mate, reach out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, wherever your uh, socials are. Lovely, mate. Uh, we'll move on to a bit more of uh, 
what you're doing in terms of the footy stuff now. Uh, in terms of that Central Coast stuff, how are you seeing those young juniors? What are they doing in, in this space where they can't train with teammates? There's limitations on them. What sort of, I guess, initiatives and, and different activities are they, are they undertaking to keep themselves active and, and in as good a nick as they can with you know potential footy season around the corner? Yeah, mate, and it's a good question. It was one, obviously, that us, us as coaching staff had never never seen before, right? Um, when this all sort of broke, we sort of sat down, um, a few of us coaches, as well as John Strange, who's the head of development up here, and we were just like, what are we going to do? You know, like, how do we get these kids to sort of stay interested, stay active, um, and continue their skills? And, and what we've ended up doing, or what we did a couple of months ago, was just do a couple of video sessions, like stuff that you can do around the house uh, with the footy. Um, I know our S and Cs have done some some strength and conditioning stuff for the players, um, which has been helpful, mate. Whether or not they do it or not, I, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It's up to them. Um, we are monitoring them though as best as we can, but given the current climate, it's you know it's quite difficult. Um, but mate, I mean, I know a lot of people are out there doing those video things now, which I think is awesome. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit tricky, mate. We just, I just hope that the kids are doing something, you know, like, um, I hope they're not just sitting around playing PlayStation or whatever it is that they do, but mate, we're really fortunate. We've got a great bunch, um, both in the 16s and 18s here on the central coast and the kids are just live and breathe rugby league. So, um, I dare say they'd be doing something. They're probably driving their parents nuts too. Yeah, undoubtedly mate. And, um, Probably uh, once everyone gets back to training, it'll be it'll show who has and who hasn't. We've already seen those gossips with the NRL players, and uh, we'll undoubtedly see some of when the Newcastle and Central Coast competitions, if and when they get back to training, there'll undoubtedly be some. And I'm sure anyone that's thinking of their own club now has some prime suspects for those that have been indulging very heavily in uh, beers and and the uh, takeaways and those sorts of things, and not much training versus those guys that have been out hitting hitting the road and doing what they can. So the uh, it'll come out in the wash certainly. Uh, yeah. Mate, uh, on, on that uh, front of isolation and being at home, I see uh, from a bit of a, a bit of a Facebook stalk, mate. Uh, you've got uh, you're very happily married with a baby on the way. How are you going with uh, not getting on the wife's nerves too much with uh, being at home a bit more? Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. I just keep a distance. Anyone that knows um, that's had a pregnant wife or or partner knows to um, tread very very lightly. But nah, it's been fine, mate. It's been um, it's actually been quite good. It's been good for my wife because it's just allowed her to sort of just to sort of you know rest and and take some time. And mate, for me, it's other than not being involved in rugby league um, as much because obviously we can't do any coaching. But for me, like work's sort of been business as usual. So in a weird way, we're sort of adapting and just you know, I guess ticking away. It's um, yeah, it's strange. It certainly is a new one for everyone to get used to. I know uh, I'm working from home at the moment and my partner and I, uh, it's gone a lot better than I expected. I didn't have high expectations. I thought she'd um, either leave me or kill me within the first couple of weeks, which I've survived, so that's <laughs> probably a positive. Uh, mate, we'll uh, jump in now to our lockdown lowdown and uh, what we'll have a look at here is we'll start, if, you know, this is all hypothetical, if you're in lockdown for 14 days, out of your former teammates, who would be the best teammate to have been in lockdown with and why? Uh, mate, that is such a good question. Mate, I will probably, one that comes to mind for sure would probably have to be Wes Tillett, um, mate, because he's just entertainment plus. Whether his stories are true or not, they're probably more than likely not true, but I would have to say probably Wes, he would be right up there for me, mate. Yeah, lovely. And what about the worst? Who'd be the worst out there? Oh, mate, there's a couple. Uh, probably not too many guys may know this guy. Mate, we play with a young front rower down here at Terrigal, um, quite talented. 
Um, his name's Scott Schreiber. Um, mate, he's a, <laughs> he's a great kid, really, really good kid. But I reckon after probably six hours one-on-one, he'd be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Yet alone, yet alone, fourteen days. Yeah, right. And and, and one, one to just throw back a bit, mate. Uh, a man who I know who had a little bit of a, a temper. He was a coach, not a teammate. How do you go? How would you go for fourteen days with Paul Stringer? <laughs> mate, I, believe it or not, I would actually enjoy it, uh, mate. I've got a really, really good relationship with String, um, mate. Um, I still speak to him regularly today, and mate, he <laughs> it'd be funny. Some of the stories he'd toss up would be hilarious. Um, he'd be entertainment plus too. He's probably very much similar to, to Wes, except with String, you may end up having a few beers, and mate, you could be in the backyard wrestling, which is no good for anyone because he, he can wrestle. Yeah, I think I think you'd be giving away a few kilos there, mate. Might come off second best. Uh, oh, absolutely! Every interaction I had with him was uh, was pretty good in my refereeing days, that's for sure. But uh, I've seen some quality blow ups when he's in those little media boxes up above Murray Breen when a decision didn't go his way. You could hear him from the far side in that little grandstand. It's at Murray Breen. He let everyone know what his thoughts were. He wore oh, his heart on his sleeve as a coach. Oh, mate, absolutely he did. Yeah, there has been countless times where he's just opened up that window and just absolutely <laughs> torn shreds off anyone, mostly me. Mate, I think back then as well at, at, in that Newcastle comp, I'm not sure if it's still the same now, but it used to be unlimited interchange. So whenever he wanted to spray any of our players, like when I say spray, I mean like properly spray them. Mate, you'd just come off for about one minute and you'd just, you'd, like Spotty um, would just hand you, our, our sideline assistant coach would just hand the um, hand the walkie-talkie over and String would just absolutely give it to you. And then they'd be like, all right, getting back on. And, mate, it used to happen to me, uh, Minnie, Josh, Chad, everyone, Jimmy Davis, like, you name it, we all caught one. So, mate, he's the best. He's a very, very passionate rugby league man. He's down at North Sydney now. I know he's doing some good things down there. And, um, mate, yeah, he, he loves the game. And, he, yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a good guy to have a beer with. He certainly is an entertaining character. I reckon you wouldn't have needed the walkie-talkie if he was really giving you a spray because you would have clearly heard him through the class of upstairs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Mate, uh, we'll move on now. And I gave you a bit of a heads up on these ones. So uh, hopefully you've uh, had a couple of minutes to think about them. Uh, If you were in lockdown, mate, you've got four people to go into lockdown with. So one from each of these categories. So we want an NRL player, a media personality, an actor or an actress, and a historical figure. And just let us know why you'd pick those four. Radio. Um, all right, so the NRL player, I'm going to say Cameron Munster. I think he looks like a pretty good guy to, to hang out with. Um, obviously, probably goes without saying. He's got a little bit of rats about him. He seems like he'd be a pretty cool guy. Um, Matty Johns, for the media guy, I think that'll probably be most people's pick. Um, just obviously entertainment plus. Mate, the actor, it was a bit of a tricky one, but I'd have to probably say Denzel. I reckon he'd just be a legend. I reckon he'd just be kicking back in the corner there. Just, I don't know, just been pretty chilled out and mate historical figure it, that was a tough one but I, I was thinking maybe someone like Ali would you call him a historical yeah, mate, no, figure no, no. Or what? I'm happy with that that's that's yeah I reckon he and Denzel could be uh, sitting back just with you know there'd be some little sneaky quips coming across just Denzel would be very dry Ali would have some humorous you know he obviously made his made his name with a lot of the one-liners as almost as much as he did with his uh boxing so you'd, certainly have some, you'd have some stories there between those two and Matty Johns and I've seen some of the banter between Matty Johns and Cameron Munster. Um, I don't know how Cameron Munster would go 14 days without his Tinder, though, because it seems like that's his uh, his go-to uh, social outing. So. Oh, is it? Yeah, there's been plenty of chat about that. I don't know if you, there's oh, a story okay. that goes that he got in a bit of trouble one of the first trials they went away with. Um, I think it was with the Storm, might have been to Wagga, and he was on the Tinder all night, and then Craig Bellamy gave him a, a fair dressing down about, you know, you're not anyone yet, and, you know, don't go getting ahead of yourself, so... 
Oh, really? Yeah, he looks like that sort of character, mate. I, I, I haven't heard that one, but yeah, he sounds like that sort of guy. He seems like a pretty good guy to have around, I reckon. He certainly would be, mate. Um, and uh, in terms of like the time you've had in uh, isolation, lockdown, mate, are you a, uh, a bit of a, I suppose, are you books, podcasts, TV shows, movies? What, what do you use to kill the time when you've got that little bit of spare time around running the business? Oh, mate, probably a little bit of um, of everything, really. You know, obviously, I love my podcast. Um, mate, I, I do a fair bit of reading as well. And, you know, everyone's got Netflix now as well. So, mate, probably a combination of all three, to be honest, mate. Yeah, any recommendations, good podcasts, whether they're sports or otherwise, books, anything else that you've read lately? Yeah, mate, I, I listened to a really good um, sports podcast probably around a couple of, it was a couple of months ago now, but it was the... It was a sports wars one. I'm not sure if yep. you're familiar yeah, with yeah, it, no, but it's Tom Brady, pa- Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Like, there's a couple of other crackers on there on the sports wars, but the Tom Brady and Peyton Manning one was was unreal. I reckon. I just I just love that that rivalry and um, big fan of Tom Brady. I think he's awesome. Yeah, right. Uh, and while while we're on that, mate, we we'll go a little off topic. Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are your thoughts? Oh, mate, I can't believe it, to be honest. Um, like, obviously, I, I, when it first broke, I was just like, no, I sort of, I, I just, yeah, just trying to get my head around it. But, mate, I think it's awesome. And now he's got the Gronk down there as well. I reckon it's, I reckon it's good. I'll, I'll certainly be following it very, very closely, probably like, like everyone. But, um, mate, I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's really good. Yeah, mate, it'll be certainly be interesting to see. Um, you know, I, I just love you know the, the, the narratives that sport throws up. We saw another one this morning with GI signing with Warrington, which is a whole other story in itself. Which will be uh, interesting to see how he goes over in the Super League on a little different tangent there, mate. Yeah, unique, unique timing and weird times, but um, yeah, another one I'll be following that very closely too, mate. So obviously, wish him all the best. Lovely, mate. Um, we might uh, just head into the last segment of the show, and then I'll let you uh, get back to. Life away from our podcast, mate. Uh, we'll fire through a few questions, and we've got a couple that have come through. Uh, we've got someone who sent one through to our Twitter under the handle a non a mouse. I'm not sure what that's about, um, but they're asking. It's not not a real hard hitting one or anything. A best best player you've played with, and the best you've played against in your illustrious career. They've said illustrious. <laughs> well, um, mate. Good question. Okay, so the best player I've played with. Um, let me think. Let me think, mate. I would probably have to say, like, when I say best player, probably I'm, I'm not going to say someone that went on to play at huge high, like, like high level or, or anything like that. It was just someone that I used to just love being on the field with. Yeah. Um, and it's probably Jamie Davis, to be honest. Um, mate, he was. Um, you just knew exactly what you were going to get from him every single week, and um, we we're lucky enough to play with him for, for four seasons at Wong. And um, mate, yeah, he just. Give, give it his all, you know, no matter what. Um, mate, obviously had a really, you know, a great career in country um, in country footy, but, mate, yeah, he'd have to be probably my number one, mate, to be honest. Yeah, and what about you played against? Who was the best of those? Oh, mate, there'd be a few of them. Um, probably it, it would have to be dating back up into up into the wall. Um, sorry, the Newcastle comp, I would say, um, just off the top of my head. Mate, you know who... Yeah, mate, that's a tricky one, mate. There's so many because there's so many good players that went through West and stuff, right? Like guys like Matty Thurston, who I'm good mates with. Like these yep. guys would just absolutely just tear you to bits and and just enjoy it, right? And he's a coast guy as well. Um, he comes to mind. A couple of guys like Steve Gordon was really good um, for a few years there at West. A couple of bigger guys, um, you know, like Jesse Royal. When those guys, Daniel Abraham, when they were out at Curry, mate, they would, they were, you know, those guys were just dominating games. So yeah, there's a, there's a few names there for my mate. 
Yeah, that uh, that period sort of, and you you played across the peak of it. The Newcastle Rugby League, you know, I was sort of refereeing and touch judging, and at that point, it was absolutely at its peak. In that sort of uh, the early 2010s, around that 2009 on, went and and won the comp, and then eventually sort of left the comp. Uh, that's Newcastle Rugby League was at its absolute peak. There was on any given day, there was probably 10 NRL quality players playing in any one game in that competition. So there was some phenomenal guys going around there. and um, Mate, absolutely, mate. I couldn't agree more. And like, I, to be honest, I haven't followed it all that closely since sort of I finished up there in whatever, 2013 or whenever it was. But, mate, every week you just you literally just had to turn up like because the sides up there were so good. Like even, you know, like obviously you've got your big clubs like your West and, and back then like Cessnock and, and even Curry were, were phenomenal. And then... Mate, Souths were strong, Lakes were strong. Um, you know, Charlestown had that affiliation with the Knights. So, mate, every second week they would have, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, first graders or Premier League players coming back. So, mate, the competition up there was, was really, really tough at that period. And, um, mate, yeah, but to be honest, I haven't kept a close eye on it um, over the last few years. Yeah, and I think, I think from memory, 2009, that year that you guys uh, won the comp was around then that the Knights had that arrangement where they were sort of dropping players back into the local competition as well and they didn't have a Premier League side for a year or two there so that really bolstered it as well I mean I remember I think it was Luke McDougall went from winning a wooden spoon with Lakes in one season the, the next game he played after climbing a wooden spoon was uh, playing in the World Club Challenge for Melbourne so you know he went from 200 and something thousand dollars a year winning a Newcastle Rugby League wooden spoon to $60,000 a year winning a World Club Challenge. So if that's not the two ends of the spectrum, I'm not sure what is for a professional rugby league player. Yeah, no, nah, you're right, mate. Yeah, you're right. That year in 2009, yeah, they, they actually, yeah, the Knights, I don't think, had a Premier League side. So all their players scattered through through the competition, like Joel Edwards, Cooper Vuna, those guys played for, for, um, for Cessnock. And, uh, yeah, there were a few others scattered around. Unfortunately, we didn't end up with one. I don't know what happened there, but we didn't end up with anyone. <laughs> I think we were meant to have James McManus or something play for us, but, mate, he was a, he was a, a frequent first grader for the Knights, so he was never going to come back and play with us. Yeah, it was interesting, actually. I remember officiating a game down there at Wyong, and Corey Patterson-Lakes had been absolutely battling that year, and he was picked as one of the, um, I think they were called uh, ambassador players, that, you know, they basically sort of, they'll be a figurehead and they'll never have to play, but then he had a few injuries and things. He ended up playing half a dozen games for Lakes, and they had him playing second row and then Luke McDougall outside him and watching, uh, I think it was him against Jamie Davis was a bit of a battle. Jamie was defending on that edge and not a small centre, but geez, it was just the physicality between those two for a lot of the game. And uh, yeah, it was certainly well worth the price of admission uh, down there at Murray Brain that day. Yeah, yeah, mate. I think I remember that game actually. I know there's a few of them. I think even like Tim Latourshu, who was a yep. fair footballer as well, mate. He might have even been there that game too, and, and maybe a couple of others. Yeah, there was, there was plenty around. It was it was good for the competition. As I said, it was probably the peak uh, in my in my memory and history of the Newcastle Rugby League. So uh, we'll move on to the next question, mate. Josh Harmon. He's asked, "Who was your Scotty Pippen?" He's obviously been watching a bit of the Last Dance. He's I don't know if he's calling you Michael Jordan or Dennis Robin, mate. You can let us know which way that falls. Uh- <laughs> Wait, there might be a bit of an underlying joke here, but I'll probably have to say maybe Josh Harmon might have been my Scotty Pippen, to be honest. Um, we used to work pretty closely with each other with a couple of little, um, I wouldn't say trick plays, but a couple of little plays that, you know, we thought would work. And, mate, luckily for us, you know, a couple of them would, would come off and, and one even off in the, um, in the in the grand final, which obviously um, we won in, in 2017, which was, which was enormous. But... Yeah, mate. I, yeah, it's hard to say, but he's probably just put that in there for himself, I would say. But yeah, no, he's a really good man, Josh. Yeah, we see a few of those, and I thought there might have been some underlying uh, personal joke there, so that's all good. 
Uh, we've got another one. We've got a couple come through that have been shot through from Terrigal Sharks on their Instagram from from Bray Goldfish for Hyen. Will you be returning to play football? Uh, no, mate, I won't be. Um, I'm very, very happily retired. Like I said, we mentioned the 2017 Grand Final, and after that game, like in that year, like I wasn't, I wasn't really meant to play. I wasn't going to play, and Jamie Forbes sort of talked me into playing. Um, you know, it was very, very adamant that, that they were going to go close and, and we needed to get a couple of guys in there um, in order to do that. And yeah, mate, I, I got at the end of that year, it was just, you know, I, I had heaps of injuries. I had back-to-back injuries. I, I was lucky to even play the grand final, to be honest. I, I was in hospital. I spent a night in hospital that week with a suspected broken leg. So I didn't even think I was going to play the grand final. And mate, after after we won, I, it was just like, obviously I was, I was super, super happy, but I was also relieved as well. And I just think now um, I get my playing fix through coaching and yeah, it's, it made a, 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 the boots are well and truly hung. <laughs> not, not, not even, uh, you know, a couple of years down the track, knowing your age bracket, mate, a few of those boys that you've played with, you know, the Josh Manolatos and the like, if they knock on the door for a, for a Masters run, would there be any thoughts there? Oh, mate, it'd have to be it has to be some sort of uh, non-contact, maybe or tag or touch, and I'd consider it. Yeah, right. <laughs> mate, there'd be some pace on the outside if you got Josh Manalata and a couple of those boys uh, playing a bit of local touch. That's for sure. Yeah, mate. Yeah, there would be absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, mate. Next one, Matra Weeks asked, uh, "Who's your favourite Seinfeld character?" Oh, <laughs> mate, I'd have to say George Costanza, or or um, or George's dad. Um, obviously, he's. Obviously, Frank Costanza um, passed away recently, but Did, yeah. yeah, either one of those guys, yeah, big big Seinfeld fan. Yeah, mate, a great show, and it was very sad to see uh, see George or Jerry Stiller pass away. Um, a few of the questions talking about. Um the, uh, the grand final one Chad did just say you know let it can you give us some recollections of, of that grand final and, and one of the other questions refers to you, you being injured um, leading into the grand final so maybe talk us through that 2017 grand final was it was there any doubt that you weren't going to play and then uh, once you did play what are some of the, the memories that sit with you winning a, a first grade comp with your junior club yeah mate um, such a special year um, such a special group of guys and I know no matter what level you play at, um, you know, you hear people speak about winning premierships and grand finals at, at any level and, you know, it's just such fond memories. We had such a great bunch of guys in that in that team, mate, um, that we were super, super close with. And, you know, you mentioned we go up against the Wilds, the entrance, you know, Woi Woi's, Erinners, mate, they're, they're backed by Leeds clubs. Um, mate, the, the money that they have far outweighs terrible, you know, terrible runs off. Literally, people's donations, um, the community just puts in and just puts in countless hours of, um, of work. Um, you know, they donate their time, they donate their money. Um, we run off, literally run off raffle tickets. And, um, mate, we sort of just went through a bit of a purple patch of a couple of terrible juniors that were pretty handy players. And, and obviously, we felt, you know, we, we, we had a strong bond with the club and, and, you know, we got together that year. And, yeah, it's just, um, mate, really, really good feelings. And, Mate, yeah, you're right. I, I did have a, an injury against the entrance in the major semi the week before. Um, I actually got injured and, and went straight to hospital with a suspected broken leg. And obviously the boys did enough to win that game. And, and I actually found out the result as I was in hospital and spent the night in hospital. And the whole week in the lead up to the grand final, I actually didn't think I was going to play at all. I'd barely gotten off the lounge other than to go to physio um, for basically, you know, five, five or six days. And Mate, I woke up on the Saturday and we, the grand final was on the Sunday and woke up on the Saturday and, and trained for about 10 or 15 minutes and 
there was just no way I could miss that game. Um, and then obviously um, we went out and, and played and, um, you know, and, and did what we did and, and won and got through the game on skates and, and obviously, obviously everything held up. But, mate, it was a um, phenomenal feeling to win it for the club. Uh, they hadn't, you know, Terrible hadn't won a premiership in, you know, I think it was 30 years, um, obviously up against a powerhouse like Wyong. Um, it, it was just, it was just really, really fond memories, mate. And to do it with some of my best mates, and and obviously brother, like you said, um, mate, it's probably about as good as it gets in my opinion. So um, it was just great to do it for you know for so many people that have worked so hard at that club for so long, and yeah, mate, really, really fond memories, mate. Yeah, I can I can only imagine, as you say, not only to do it with with your mates, but to do it at that club that you know you'd spent so much time at as a junior and um yeah it would have been a really uh really key, key thing i guess and a keynote to sort of you know wind things up on for yourself mate, and to- mate and the thing with oh sorry no, mate, you're right, go go you're right. Right. mate the thing like the thing with the club and mate i just learned so much um you know mate i did throughout my whole career learn so much about culture you know like paul stringer probably was the first one that sort of implemented sort of culture and, and camaraderie and mateship and and whatever and then obviously i was lucky enough to be coached by jane um Jamie Goddard as well, who was, you know, who had the same values. And then obviously Jamie Forbes and we won the comp. But it was one thing that we learned there was just like the whole culture and, and just like the club is probably, you know, bigger than sort of any sort of individual and, and whatever. And, and it, that now just, it just counts for so much and, 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 and means so much whenever you have any sort of successful club, you know, people speak about Melbourne and whatever else. And that was at the time sort of what we we're about. And, one thing that probably not many people would even know, but a couple of us senior guys, um, myself included, Chad, a couple of others, Mitch Goddard, that particular year in 2017, like we we signed obviously um, registration forms um, to play, obviously, so we're all insured and whatever, but we'd never even signed contracts to know what sort of money we were on or anything like that. So we had no idea about our match payments or anything like that. Like we were literally there to go and win a comp. And I know I just know that that just counts for so much. Um, if you want to be successful in, in, you know, in anything or in any sporting organisation that you're associated with. Yeah, it certainly does, mate. And um, look, we are, we are getting well into the, the time that we sort of allocated, so we'll just wrap it up with, with one last sort of, uh, I guess, more of a talking point than a question, mate. Um, we talked about it in the lead-up to the recording tonight, and that's about expansion. And obviously you've been he- you know, heavily involved in the Central Coast, and Central Coast has been earmarked and talked about for expansion a number of times. You know, there was the, the big opportunity with John Singleton and the, and the Bears back in the day. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Central Coast, whether that's an expansion area in the future for the NRL and, and how that how you see that happening or whether it might be at you know a Canterbury Cup level. And also from your time in New York, obviously we've seen the announcement in, in recent months that uh, New Yorker to join the League One of the uh, essentially the two tiers under the Super League, and, and how you think that's going to go uh, in terms of their involvement in, in the European competition? Yeah, mate. I think um, I think the Central Coast. Look, I'm obviously being extremely biased, but it, like it stacks up here to have a team, right? Um, the nursery is enormous. Um, we have the stadium here. The population's here. I, I would personally, I'd love to see a team. How that's going to work, I'm not sure. I was actually quite disappointed when when Wyong withdrew from from the New South Wales Cup uh, competition because I thought that that was a, a perfect pathway for, for a lot of juniors um, that are located here on the Central Coast to, to get to the NRL. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened there with that relationship or the breakdown, but I, I made I, I was disappointed that that broke down. Um, 
Mate, in terms of New York, it's an interesting one. Um, I know everyone sees the lights, and, mate, I, I absolutely love the city. It's, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to travel to, you know, most parts of the world, and New York's my favourite city for sure. And I, I, I just don't see um, I just don't see it working. Like, I, I, I have no doubt that they're not going to have a problem getting players out right because everyone wants to go and play in New York or live in New York at some point in their lives. Um but I just don't know how it's going to work logistically and I just don't know how they're going to sustain it financially um, for a long period of time. Like even Toronto, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it's going over there. And I, and I think it's awesome, mate. I want to see the game grow and, and everything. I don't want to be negative, but I just, I, I, I think there are some, some major hurdles there. And, Mate, the, the guys at the at the club that Chad and I played with at the New York Knights, um, really smart operators, smart football-minded people, smart business people, and I speak to them regularly. And, mate, you know, they're, they're sort of of the same opinion. They, no doubt you can run a semi-professional team there, but, you know, to run something that's going to be professional, uh, you're up against it, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, th- I think we've certainly seen that in the early stages of Super League. Obviously, Toronto did quite well over their first couple of years, but... They're really, they've really come back to the field because it is quite a step as, as it would be going from, you know, essentially the same level here, the Canterbury Cup, up to the NRL and going full-time professional. So I guess we watch this space, as you say, on paper, it's, it's a great thing and expansion in the NRL is quite often the same thing, but it's about whether or not the, the financial uh, model can hold up. But uh, I guess we watch this space and the more people playing rugby league at the end of the day, the better. Uh, on that note, we obviously are very keen to see the footy back on the Central Coast and, and in Newcastle, mate. And uh, hopefully that's, uh, as we said, in late July and not too far away. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back to it for sure, mate. Probably like most people are. And, mate, I can't wait for, for the NRL to kick off. So we've got something to watch again. Yeah, only a week away, mate, now. So uh, we look forward to it. I thank you very much for your time today, mate. Um, again, uh, giving up half an hour and a bit of your time, answering some questions and having a bit of a chat about footy. It's what we love to do, and, and most people are pretty keen to do it at the moment, but I still appreciate you giving up your time, mate. No worries at all, mate. Uh, thanks so much for reaching out, and, mate, happy to chat. No worries at all, and uh, hopefully at some point over either later this season or next season we can catch you down there at Terrigal for a, uh, I was going to say a beer on the hill, but there's not much of a hill there. There's enough, but uh, catch you for a beverage down there anyway, mate. Mate, definitely love to. Love all right. to. Thanks very much, Matt Sharp, for your time. Thanks, mate. See you later. That was, of course, uh, former Terrigal Sharks junior and uh, premiership winner, Matt Sharp. Uh, we appreciate Matt's time and uh, uh, on a uh, Wednesday evening to record. And, uh, of course, tonight's episode brought to you by our great sponsors and supporters at Newey Threads. Uh, make sure to get online, give their Facebook page a like, check out their website. They've got some good stock on there and uh, hopefully have some more new stock coming soon. Uh, if you have any guests that you think would be a great fit for our show, we're certainly looking for guests from, you know, the Central Coast Rugby League, Newcastle Rugby League or Newcastle and Hunter. Drop us a message on the page. Let us know what your thoughts are or who'd be a good fit and uh, we'll do what we can to get them on. We'll also be continuing to look to release more of our League Castle Legends episodes in the coming weeks. We've got a couple of guests lined up to record and we'll reveal those in the coming days. So a big thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to take a couple of minutes if you can and give us a uh, a, a review on uh, iTunes or Spotify. Uh, make sure to subscribe as well. Those subscribes really help us to grow our uh, patronage and can grow what we can then drive into the podcast with more listeners tuning in. So again, we'll be back next week with another episode of League Castle. And until then, enjoy your rugby league that's only a week away. Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson 
Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's gonna be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Leadcast, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League.